Loitering in Wonderland Studios presents NyQuil and Cocaine, a face-off novelization. Chapter 8. Command O. Case closed. A computer screen reads, Greetings, Archer. Acquiring files. It then loads a familiar image of Castro Troy before switching to a profile for someone named Daniel Cohen. We see a similar screen to what we saw for Castro Troy in Chapter 2 of this fine book. However, for Daniel Cohen, the FBI didn't bother collecting his optometrist records. It states that the reason murdered was that Castor hijacked his private jet for $5 million of funds on board. Motive. Does the FBI not use the word motive? They have to say reason murdered? This murder also happened in 1991, which would be the same year that Castor shot Travolta on the carousel horse. Unless the horse has stabbed him. The jury is still literally out on that one. 1991 was a big year in Castor's terrorism career. The screen also loads Daniel Cohen's fingerprints and plays a quick video of Daniel being wheeled out on a stretcher before cutting to Travolta sitting on the corner of a desk, once again looking sad as shit. Surprise, surprise, Travolta is going through Sean Archer's shit again. Does Travolta even have an office? Or does he just hang out at Archer's office every minute at work? Why is his office always open? Oh yeah, Sean Archer's on medical leave after having his goddamn ear blown off. Travolta types A-S-E spacebar into the keyboard, and that apparently is enough information for the keyboard to load the case file on Michael Archer, the victim from the carousel scene. Remember that cheerful scene the movie chose to open on where a child was violently murdered? Ah, the fond memories. Anyway, this bullcut bastard stares at us like a ghost prepared to eat your soul. The damage report states that he died in the arms of his father, FBI agent Sean Archer. Shit. I guess Travolta really is a Sean Archer fellow. Well, thank you, movie, for finally letting us know. Just over 21 minutes into the movie, and we finally know our main character's name. How polite of you, film. The file also states that Caster Troy intended to kill Sean Archer, but the bullet went through Archer and struck Michael in the chest. Two things. First of all, how do they know that was Caster's intent? Do they have FBI mind readers on hand? Did Caster tell his optometrist to plan to kill Archer? Maybe Caster just wanted to kill the kid and Travolta's chest got in the way. And that leads me to my second point. We see that Travolta and Michael are both on the same horse at the same level. We see that Cage is sniping from a bank about the same level as Travolta. We see that the bullet strikes Travolta in the shoulder, but then the chest once the camera angle changes. That's fine. A mistake, but fine. How the fuck could the bullet pass through both Travolta's chest and the tiny chest of Michael? We all know that Michael's head was violated with a bullet, but the movie is too scared to tell us. This movie cannot be trusted. This also leads me to another realization. Mike was not the name of Travolta's lover. It was his son. Well, I suppose it could be both, but now it's starting to look like he's just a regular sad father, rather than a closeted individual hiding his gay demons from a skeleton of a wife. Travolta sighs and presses the command key on his keyboard, followed by the O key, which then makes the screen switch back to Castro's profile before a case closed pops up. Seems to me that O would make the file open, not closed. Who in the fuck is charge of labeling things in the FBI? Both their phones and their computers are beyond the comprehension of a rational person. Criminal cases have two different statuses of existing, open or closed. I don't want to live in a world where you have to hit command O to make a case closed instead of open. This is a dark and scary world that I feel I would lose my sanity in. Travolta stares at the computer screen. Probably. We can't see him and the computer in the same shot, but I will follow the language of cinema and keep an open mind. He starts to rub his forehead because pushing a few keys on a keyboard is a work overload for him and therefore leads to an instant migraine. Travolta's partner walks in and tells him that Loomis is going to need some surgery. That must be the mystery man, formerly known as Sean Archer, that lost an ear in the hangar shootout. Human being CCH Pounder walks into the room and tells Sean that he better make time to talk to special ops. She hands Travolta a high-tech floppy disk recovered from Pollock's Troy's briefcase. A sexual cartoon loads and we see a stripper with blue or purple hair staring at us like the demon seed of Travolta did. Words pop up that read, My name is Sinclair. 
Well, hello, Sinclair. We meet again. For the first time. I heard from the movie that you are hot. Well, if I were in the cartoons, then I would agree. As it being, I can't stick my dick into a 2D computer image, so I'll have to disagree. Talk to me when you waltz into the third dimension. Until then, what else do you have for me? Sinclair starts the moan, and the screen now reads, And I am gonna blow you. Sinclair turns into a skull, so I'm really glad she wasn't making me swell. The screen then flashes the word away, over and over. Travolta looks either incredibly shocked or turned on, not sure he has the same aversion to cartoon hotties that I do. The screen changes again to show a twirling bomb. The bottom of the image is even labeled with Pollux Troy, personal document. Very professional for a terrorist to label his own files. Human being CCH Pounder states that the bomb is big enough to flatten a square mile. Travolta realizes in this moment what Castro Troy meant when he mentioned giving Helle the biblical plague it deserves. He double punches his desk in a toddler temper tantrum and stands up. He walks over to his partner and assaults him while demanding to know where Pollux Troy is. Perhaps he wants to know why Pollux Troy would bother making a cartoon video opening to the layout of his own bomb. Maybe he wants to know how he managed to fit that much data on a floppy disk. Or maybe why Pollux Troy labels his own documents. Maybe he wants to know why Pollux is stupid enough to put his name all over the thing. Maybe he wants to know why Pollux would keep a floppy disk on him at all times for a bomb that is already built and planted. Maybe he wants to know why Pollux didn't destroy the disc the second the FBI showed up on the runway. He had plenty of disc smashing time in the back of the jet after beating Tongue Sucker Jones in the face. Maybe he really wants to ask why Pollux bothered making a video presentation that seems to only appeal to someone seeing it that isn't affiliated with making and planning the actual bomb. It appears to be a disc made exclusively for law enforcement. The Troy brothers don't appear to be using the bomb for ransom like a Bond villain, but instead were perfectly happy and content blowing up Hell A, whatever that is. Who is the cartoon video for, Pollux? Answer me! Until next time, and in the meantime, I'm Phoenix West. So long, citizens. If you somehow managed to enjoy this strange little project, go to these websites or share it with your friends or your loved ones, homelessmen, enemies, congressmen, whoever the fuck you got to share it with, share it.